0: Welcome to another episode of the Pet Business Coach Podcast with Eliza. I'm excited to be here today and I'm excited to help you with your pet business. So you've decided to become a pet care business owner. That is great news. That's one decision down and about a thousand more decisions to go. Two of the most difficult decisions you'll make as you start your business is how much you're going to charge people for your services and what are you going to pay your employees to deliver those services. While there's no wrong answer to these questions, they are factors that will have a huge impact on your bottom line, and it's worth taking some time to fully think them through. Today, I'm going to walk through some things to keep in mind and options for both of these important questions. I think it's going to be an amazing show, so give the dog a bone and the kitty some catnip, and let's dive right in. I am so excited that you've decided to become a pet care business owner. That is such amazing news. Let's also assume you know broadly what type of pet care services you want to provide. That's also great news. There are a ton of things to get to on your to-do list, but one of the most important is figuring out what you're going to charge for your services. This is where a lot of potential pet business owners run into the proverbial brick wall There are several factors to take into account when pricing your services. Let's talk about a few of them. The first one is define your services. This sounds obvious. You know what you wanna provide, right? You wanna provide grooming or pet sitting or dog walking. Well, this is a good start. It's not the end answer. Let's say you wanna groom dogs. What does that mean exactly? Is a standard groom a wash and a shave? Or is it just the shave? Start by defining your base service. Let's say for this example, the base service is an even clip of the dog's coat all over. Then think about extra services that you can add on. Perhaps it's styling the coat into a special cut or washing the dog first. Once you've got the standard service and the extra services defined, spend some time thinking about additional fees. We all like to think our pets are perfectly well behaved, but unfortunately this isn't always the case. Some pets are just harder to work with than others. Obviously, it's not their fault, but it does mean that the pet care provider is working a little bit harder with certain pets. You may want to charge a fee for large dogs or fearful dogs. You'll also want to think about the time it takes you to provide the service. A dog who hasn't been groomed in literally years will take considerably longer than one who is groomed regularly. Extra fees for extra time are not unreasonable. Another area to consider is the time of the day, week, or year of the service. Are you going to charge extra for holiday service or last-minute requests? Most pet businesses do charge extra for holiday periods as it's their busiest time of year and cancellations have a larger impact on their business during that time. Dog walkers and pet sitters will also wanna consider whether they wanna charge by the visit, by the time they spend with the pet, or by the number of pets they're caring for. All of this sounds a little bit complicated, right? I mean, all you really wanted to do was walk a dog and have someone pay you for it. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it's not as simple as it sounds. The better you can define your services, the easier it will be to set a realistic expectation with your clients. It's important that they understand both what they can expect from their money and what they shouldn't expect. Well-defined services, while a bit of work up front, will prevent a lot of misunderstanding down the road that could lead to dissatisfied customers. So the next thing to do, once you've defined your services, is to do your research. Once you've defined what your services are and are not, the next step really is to get to know your market, both at a macro and a micro level. By macro, I mean at a national level and micro at a local level. You can start at the macro level. Organizations like NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, and other pet care-related professional organizations collect pricing data on a national level and publish detailed reports. These reports are generally parsed up into regions and types of services, so they're an amazing tool to get a good look nationally at what people are charging. They usually offer them free for their members, but if you're not a member today, even if you don't use any of their other services, the price of a year-long membership in one of these associations is often worth it to get your hands on one of these pricing reports. Once you get a high-level view of what other businesses are charging for their services, you can drill down to the micro or local level. This does require some legwork, but doesn't have to be complicated. A simple Excel spreadsheet will work, Start with listing all of the businesses in your area that provide services similar to yours. Make that list down the left side of the spreadsheet using one line for each business. Next, working across the columns, list out the different types of services you wanna offer. Once you have this grid created, start filling in the blanks. Each box on the grid will correspond to a specific pet business in your area and a specific service. In each box, you'll put the actual price that that business is charging for that service. Fill in as many boxes as you can, bearing in mind that not every business will provide every service, so there will be blank boxes. Once you've filled them in, calculate the average price for each column. This will give you a range and an average price for each of the services based on your local competition. You can then set your own service prices using both your national and local data as a guide. Keep in mind that if you do decide to set your prices higher than the average or even the upper end of the price range, you will need to offer the market some premium services that justifies the higher than average price. Also, a little bit of food for thought. As a new pet business owner, a trap that many people fall into is worrying about charging too much and not getting clients. It's scary in the beginning when you don't have clients and you're not sure whether your business will take off. Even those who have done the market research, and you definitely need to do the market research, tend to price their services on the low end when they're just starting out. Don't make the mistake of undervaluing your service and yourself. Cut rate pricing will send a message to the market that you are not as valuable and not as good as other similar businesses. Not to mention it will erode your own profits and make it difficult to build a lasting business. Do take the time to think thoroughly about your service pricing. Be clear on what you're offering and do the research to back up your pricing. Do also keep in mind that nothing is set in stone and can't be undone. Your prices will evolve based on the market and your service offerings over time. So now that we've talked about how to set your service prices, let's talk about how to pay your employees. I'm including both of these topics in this episode because they are linked and it's difficult to think about one without the other. Before you hire on that first pet sitter or dog walking employee, one thing you need to decide is how are you going to pay them? I'm not talking about how you'll physically get them the money, like direct deposit or live checks, etc. And I'm also not talking about on what schedule you pay them, such as weekly, monthly, bimonthly. I'm talking about what you plan to base their pay on. There are two primary methods in the pet sitting and dog walking industry. Paying hourly and paying by the visit. While this article assumes you have employees versus independent contractors, this information that I'm going to give you can work for ICs as well with some minor tweaks. If you have ICs and you're interested in finding out more on how to pay them, shoot me a note at Eliza at petbusinesscoach.dog. Both of these methods have pluses and minuses that need to be considered. We're going to take a look at both systems to help you decide what will work best for your business. So, let's talk first about paying the employees by the visit. This is a commonly used method for pet sitters and dog walkers, and it's how I pay my own employees. In this method, you pay the sitter a percentage of the amount the client pays for the visit. There are some minor variations in this, but in general, you pick a set percentage to pay the employee. For example, If you choose to pay your employees 40% and you charge your clients $30 for a 30 minute pet visit, you would pay the employee $12 or 40% of $30. If you charge $50, for example, for an hour long visit, you would pay the employee $20. Let's talk about some pros to this method. One pro is that the administration is fairly easy as you pay the same percentage for all types of services. A spreadsheet or even some pet sitting softwares will even make these calculations automatically for you. You don't pay your employees if you don't have clients. If there's no visits, you're not paying your employees to do the visits. This goes a long way to protecting you from downturns in service or off-season slumps. A couple of cons with this method. One con is some services are simply less desirable than others for employees, and you may need to pay a higher percentage to incentivize employees to take these jobs. Another con is pay for travel to and from jobs becomes somewhat complicated with this method. State laws vary on what and if the employer is responsible for paying in terms of travel time or mileage. One variation of this method is paying a flat fee depending on the type of visit versus a percentage of the client fee. A pro for this is that there is less math involved to determine pay amount if service prices vary. And your service prices might vary from client to client due to things like mileage fees or extra pet fees and other add-ons. A con, though, to this is that sitters will not earn additional money for the additional fees charged to the client. A couple of things are helpful to keep in mind when paying by the visit. The calculated hourly pay rate cannot be lower than your state's minimum wage. For example, if your state's minimum wage is $15 per hour and you're paying your sitters $5 for a 15-minute visit, that equates to $20 per hour. That meets the minimum wage, so you're okay. The other thing to keep in mind is most pet sitting and dog walking companies pay sitters, in about the 35 to 55% of the client fee range. If you aim higher than 55%, you will have difficulty making a profit due to other administrative expenses and taxes. Now the second method for paying employees is paying employees by the hour. This is by far the most straightforward way to pay. The employee clocks in at the beginning of their shift, goes from job to job, clocks out at the end of their shift and is paid for the total hours between clock in and clock out. In terms of pros for this method, it's easy to administer and keep track of. The per hour rate with this method is often less than the rate paid using the percentage method. I've seen hourly rates in this industry typically ranging between $12 an hour and $15 an hour. And finally, employees receive a more consistent paycheck week to week this way. Some of the cons, though, for this method are the employer is paying for drive time and heavy traffic or delays can extend the time the employee takes to get from job to job. The other con is you may end up paying an employee to do nothing if one of the visits during their shift is canceled for some reason. One variation on this method is paying by the hour for just the visits. So, for example, if an employee does a 30-minute visit, drives to another client, and does a 60-minute visit, they've worked, and they are paid for, an hour and a half. Do note, however, that state laws will vary concerning pay-for-travel on what and if the employer is responsible for paying. I don't personally recommend this option. However you decide to pay employees, it will likely be the largest expense you have in your pet sitting business budget, so choose wisely. No decision is final, but this is an area that is difficult to change midstream without upsetting your employees. So there you go, the two biggest impacts on your profitability will be how much you charge for your services and how much you pay your employees. It's a balance, but when done right, can lead to happy clients, happy employees, and a happy business owner. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it if you'd leave me a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And if you're ready to take the plunge and launch your own pet business, or if you feel a bit stagnated and want to take your existing pet business to the next level, then reach out to me for a free strategy planning session at www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. That's www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, you always have a choice. Don't forget to choose happiness.